Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. Check one. Good morning. Uh, if you have a Bible or a tablet or a iPad, however you want to read the scripture, I encourage you to grab it this morning. We'll be, we'll be using the scripture, reading the scripture. If not, it'll be up on the board up here eventually. It's a joy and a privilege to, um, to bring the word this morning. Some of you may or may not know this, but this is Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. Isn't that great? So all over the world, people are celebrating Holy Spirit. And, and for you Bible scholars, I'm going to do a little bit of history. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm, I'm more of a relational interactor with God and people. Um, but, but it's pretty exciting when you look at how God unfolded um, his plan through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If we go back into the Old Covenant and we see the, the Jewish tradition, we know that um, eight, eight, seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago, seven, 50 days ago, Jews celebrated Passover, right? We celebrated the death of Jesus on the cross, right? Are you with me? So in Passover, God set his children free, right, from the bondage of Egypt, right? Jesus died and rose again so that we could be free forever, right? That gets better, though. It gets better. They go out into the desert for 50 days, and guess what God does? Moses goes to Mount Sinai. He's given the law. This is true. This is true. He's given the law and um, gives, you know, the people the guidelines of God that nobody could measure up to. But setting the table because 50 days after um, his death and resurrection, Jesus, we celebrate what he poured out on Pentecost. His Holy Spirit came to live within us. So now he lives within us. Now that has nothing to do with my message today. That was, no, I'm kidding. That was free. That was free. That was free. Isn't that great? Um, <laughs> but that's what we're celebrating today, the person of the Holy Spirit. He is alive and well. And if you're a follower of Jesus, he lives in you. And his heart and his desire is to baptize us, to fill us to overflowing, but also to have intimate relationship with us, a deep relationship with us. We're going to go after that a little bit this morning. Um, eight weeks ago, I preached. Remember, some of you remember that. Um, it was Palm Sunday, and, and God stirred up um, hope in our hearts. Uh, how many of you are filled with hope this morning? Some of you are. How many of you are hanging out in the room of hope deferred? <laughs> Hopefully not. I, I got to say that there was a, a lot of um, response to that uh, message, and I, I thank God for it because it's been my journey, and I think it's ours together. But I want to really, um, I don't know if you remember, we left off at the end of that about the, the I felt the key to living in hope was walking with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so today, Pentecost Sunday, we're going to go after walking with the Holy Spirit. All right? Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so grab your Bible or your iPad and turn to Romans chapter 5. 
And I'll be reading from the Passion Translation today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's living and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And we say yes and amen to whatever you want to say to our hearts today. If it's one little thing, we receive it. If it's a huge thing, we receive it. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here among us. That when we gather in your name, you come and you just dwell among us. But you're also in us. And Lord, I pray you would magnify that today for each one of us, that there'll be freedom, there'll be liberty, there'd be hope, there'd be healing, there'd be life, there'd be salvation. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Thank you for talking back to me. I love interaction. All right. Romans 5, verse 1 says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and now... And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Woo. We're going to go back to this in a minute. This means that we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Good news. This is great news. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. (laughs) What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our, there's that word, our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proving character leads us back to What? Hope. There it is again. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the person of the Holy Spirit who lives where? In us. Amen. Yes. Keep your Bible handy. Um, We're going to refer to it a lot today. A lot, lot. Um. Some of you know that uh, Lori, Sam, and I, we just finished nine weeks um, of pursuing God's presence in worship here. Uh, thank you all for whoever participated. It was great. Um, and and it, it was a joy and honor to do that. We'll do it again. We're not sure when but, and how, but a strong theme that we kind of came up with a lot over and over again was how important it is for us to continually renew our minds. I mean, really, the journey of of walking with God on this earth as we interface with this world is a a, a need to continually have our minds renewed, not just so we're clean, (laughs) but so that we live in his truth. Did you you hear that? The goal of a, a renewed mind isn't just for my, my behavior to be good. Because I can do a good behavior and have a filthy mind. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. But the purpose of a renewed mind is so we believe what's true about what God has said and about who we are and how he sees people. Because then I'll tell you what, if we're thinking that way, you know what follows? Our behavior. 
It will, right? You with me? All right. So with that in mind, um, uh, thank you, Daniel, for talking about what we believe, how important that is. It's true. Because if we believe wrongly, we live wrongly, right? If we believe rightly, we will live that way, right? That's good stuff. So, um, and I want to add this to the equation. The enemy of our soul, the devil, the powers of darkness, they don't want people just to sin and behave badly. I mean, that's, he's fine with that, too. Um, but really, the goal of the enemy is to get us to believe wrongly or to not believe at all. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, probably the greatest sin would be I don't believe. And that's what happens when we see people separate from God. I don't believe. I don't want him. Unbelief, right? So with that in mind, let's today allow the scripture to renew our mind. You with me? You with me? All right, here we go. Verse 1a. I love this in this translation because it's right in your face. Our faith, this is who the person in Christ is. If you don't know Jesus, this is who you get to look forward to being when you know him, when you walk with him, right? This is the invitation. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Let that settle in for just a minute. I'm going to say it. We are righteous in Christ. We are righteous in Christ, not by my works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift from God. It's a supernatural transference that takes, took, takes place because of what Jesus Christ had done. He took on all sin for all mankind. Is that true? Yes. Okay, we know this to be true, so let it capture our hearts fresh today. We are justified through our faith in Christ, not by anything I can do. I can't do anything to become more righteous before the Lord. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. We're flawless in His sight. That's, that's a tough one for me. It's been a journey of actually being able to embrace this reality. He exchanged my filthy rags for a robe of righteousness. And He interacts with us as His righteous kids. Now, let's say it. Say it. I am righteous. I am righteous because of Jesus. There was a time in my life when I was um, buried deep in shame. In shame. And um, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, and a, God, a godly mentor in that specific season I'm referring to, um, he challenged me to look in the mirror every day, to stand up in the mirror, look at it, and say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And of course, in that, in that space, I, I felt so much shame because of failure. Yeah, I had, I had asked God to forgive me. I had said, please forgive me, Lord. And he had. <laughs> but I hadn't, right? And I was seeing myself through the lens of myself rather than seeing how God sees his kids when he's forgiven them. And so I remember saying to him, I can't do that. I can't look in the mirror and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he goes, but you are. I go, but you know. And he goes, ah, this is God's way. This is the way of the kingdom. 
So I said it again. I tried it a few more days. Um, it didn't happen overnight for me. Maybe some people, it's like, boom, they bounce, you know, right away. But it, it took time. I began to say it day after day after day. You remember, Lori. And before long, I began to realize that it was true. If it's true for me, it's true for you. And what happens is when we start to believe it's true, it changes how we interact with life. And I'm going to say this is even when we're alone. It's easy to do it right here on Sunday morning. You know, it's easy to be, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But it's also true when you're alone. And if you believe that and begin to live that, I'll tell you what, it will impact your behavior. The things that you're maybe struggling with. Because you're seeing who God is and who you are in him. And there's freedom in that. There's life in that. There's liberty in that. All right, that's just a free one right there. Boom, okay. And here's the other piece that came out of that for me was I realized that when I began to step into who God said I was and live in that place, that was bringing him glory. Whereas when I lived in this place of going, I'm just a failure, I'm good for nothing, I can't do this, I'll never be able to do anything good again. And those are things that I thought in my, in my mind, and I said them out loud. I'm not a good father, I'm not a good pastor, I've done all these, right, all these things. I, it, does anybody relate to that place? Yeah. I realized that that was not bringing any glory to Jesus in my life at all. Because I wasn't being who he created me to be. It's true for me, it's true for you, right? It's true for us, right? Declare who you are to yourself in the mirror. I challenge you, I invite you, it's an invitation. And let God do what he loves to do. Uh, Verse 1b, keep moving on. This means because of what he's done, he's made us righteous. This means that we now can enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. True and lasting peace, shalom. Some of you need to receive the shalom of God this morning, and I give it to you. It's yours. The shalom of God. Oh, the rest, the peace. He died, he rose, he ascended, he gave us the Holy Spirit, now he intercedes for us, and that's how come we get to enjoy his peace. Moving on. Our faith... Um, In verse 2, our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. Because of what Jesus has done, I'm reminding some of us that this is all about a relationship. I know the world can get muddy and irritating and frustrating, and sometimes we want to fight in that space. But let's not forget the goal of God is a relationship with us. And that's what we offer a world that's hurting. Not being right. I'm right, you're wrong. Jesus didn't even do it that way. The only people he said that they were wrong were the religious people. Now, if you have a, go on with some religious people, go for it. But I'm just saying how we interface with the world. How I interface with my neighbor. How I interface with a person who's politically different than me, right? And we can go on and on. Um, 
But the point is, the goal of God has been to interrelate with people. And even Jesus, when he interrelates with people and he gives them a word of the Lord, sometimes they've even turned and walked away from him, right? But he still interacted with them in a relational way, right? All right, that's good news. Ooh, that's really good. So we now have permanent access in this marvelous relationship. Perfect relationship with God is ours. So to the degree we want to engage our lives in it, we can have it. To the degree we don't want to, we, it's kind of like marriage. Or to the degree that I engage with Lori, our marriage be, experiences can be amazingly wonderful. But if I disengage, that's on me. Right? That's on me. All right, verse to be what incredible joy burst forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. I, I love the fact that in the kingdom of God, we get moments of God's glory in experiences as we go. And it comes in different ways. Uh, sometimes I've experienced God's glory in a room like this where we've been worshiping. You just experience this wonder of his glory. Other times it's been on a path and you see uh, a beautiful sunrise. Whew, there's God's glory. Other times it's been through somebody who says something to me that brings life and quickening, and I'm experiencing God's glory because the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as w the water, as you know, the waters are covered the sea. The scriptures say that in the Old Testament. We are walking around as representations of God's glory. The glory of God is in people, right? So we have that in us, and we give it away, and we experience it, right? So this should cause us to rejoice right? Woo! That's good news. That's great news. If we had more time, I'd love to expand on that whole, that's a message in and of itself. Another time. Um, uh, verse 3, this one's a little bit uh, not as fun, but true. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, even in hardships and, and, and struggle. So, so God acknowledges us in those spaces. We have a joyful confidence knowing that the pressures will develop in us patient endurance, but I don't want it. No, I'm just kidding. And patient endurance will refine our character, and proving character leads us back to this place that I believe God is, is magnifying in our lives to live in hope. It's, it, it, pressures come. We, uh, we experience them. We can run. Then we won't experience the goal of God, and that's stirring that hope at us. But it develops, it actually hones our character, I'll say, right? Hones it, makes us stronger in him, and then we actually, hope is like a release. I mean, exercise is the same way, right? I'm not a, an expert. I'll leave that to Pastor Elijah <laughs> and Christina. But there, it requires pressure, right? There, pressure is required to become stronger, Right? If we don't experience any pressure, then we, we won't ever become stronger, right? Right? Um, I, I want to be stronger, not in my body, but in my spirit, but also in my emotions, right? Things that we're after. We're pursuing these things. That's my desire, um, ultimately, um, for the glory of God, right? That's, that's the purpose, right? That's the purpose. So we rejoice in times of trouble, knowing that those pressures will develop in us patient endurance or perseverance, as some translations say, and that refines our character, and it, proven character leads us all the way back to this place of confidence and hope in the things that God has said he would do. Yeah. 
because he's going to do the things he said he will do. Verse 5, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. It's not just pie in the sky. It's not just, well, we hope and pray that God's going to do something. If he said it, he's going to do it. And I want to I say that he who began a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete that work in you. He who began a good work in us is faithful to complete that work. He's not done. He's not done. Let's not give up. Right? Let's not give up on him. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God that cascades into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. I love this, that we can now experience God's love cascading because of all that Jesus has done. And because we are in relationship with him, we can experience this cascading love daily, moment by moment. It's true. And it's true because of the person who lives in us. The Holy Spirit. He lives in us. Where does he live? Where does he live? All right, he does, yes, he lives in us. That's the message today, really. Holy Spirit. He lives in us. I love uh, my friend Sam. He says, um, um, God's plan is, God's final destination has always been us. His goal is intimacy, to be with us. Thanks, Sam Farinato, for talking about the nearness and closeness of God last week. It just kind of was like, yes, that's God's heart. It says right here, he wants to be with us, in us, right? Interact with us. We are his temple. There's scriptures you can find on that. We are, I like to say this, we are arcs of the new covenant. It's good. So why would God choose even delight in living in us? Think about that. Why, why, was, why, why would he do that? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a few, because there's probably a lot more. Um, but Jesus actually, he, he actually spent quite a bit of time of talking about Holy Spirit coming. Um, and if you look at John chapter 14, I'm just going to pick some verses out of John 14 and 15. But Jesus, before he was crucified, he actually specifically said over and over and over again, it's better that I go, it's the Holy Spirit's going to come, you'll wait and see, da da and. And I, I want to pick up on a few of those. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit. Not another, like, separate, but just in a different, form, uh, a different person, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. I'm going to give you one to be in you, with you. He says, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend, just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him, Holy Spirit, because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live where? Again, inside of you. When we were, I was a kid, I was invited to ask Jesus into my heart, and that's what I did. The Holy Spirit came and lived in me. Isn't that pretty amazing? That's amazing. But God's heart, Holy Spirit's heart, is friendship. I remember I used to sing this song. He probably sang, I am a friend of God, right? <laughs> but it's really true that God 
wants to be our friends. Now, for some of you, that's easy to receive. For others, it might be a little more challenging. And I say this because um, you feel like maybe you don't have a lot of friends. And I, I want for everybody to have good friends on the earth. But I also want you to know the Holy Spirit in you wants to be fr- your friend. And not just God from above, but intimate friends. And Jesus even described it to them. It's like you and me here right now. It's like Jesus saying to Peter, it's like you and me here right now. I'm going to go away, but I want you to have this close of a relationship right here when I'm gone. So I'm going to make this possible. I'm going to put in you the Holy Spirit so you can have this every day, all the time. It's better. It's going to be better. Trust me, right? Isn't that amazing? Holy Spirit wants to be our friend. God wants to be our friend. He wants to interact with us on a friend level. Now, I am all about magnifying and honoring the glory of God as the King of kings and Lord of lords. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not bringing God down to my level. I am acknowledging what Jesus did, what he chose to do, to put in us his Holy Spirit so we could have friendship with him. So it's not one or the other, it's both. I get to magnify and glorify him with all you all, and we could join with heaven and the angels and bow and sing holy, and I'm 100% in that. That's where I like to live. Honestly, I like to be there. But I'm also aware of this truth that he says, I want to be your friend. I'm daring to learn what that means. I'm being honest because it's not come easy for me to really experience God as, my, as a friend. And so that's part of my journey. And I am inviting you into that as well, right? The second thing that I picked up on in that passage in John 14 was that um, the Holy Spirit wants to be our teacher, our counselor, our instructor. He wants to help us. He, He didn't say, all right, here's the plan. Good luck. You're on your own, kids, right? No, he actually wants to help us in life. Right. Jesus said, uh, verse uh, 26 in John 14, he says, when the fa- w- but when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one that's like me, who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. And he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. And some translations say he will lift up Jesus. He will help lift me up. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, a wonderful thought to know that Holy Spirit is living in us to help us navigate life. We're not on our own. We can ask him and he will help lead us and guide us into truth. And that's what we're doing this morning. He is leading us and he's guiding us corporately into his truth. But he also wants to do it in you all the time, every day. That's a wonderful thing, right? And he wants to counsel us, give us guidelines. And sometimes he's going to say, hey, no, no, that's not a good idea. Other times he's saying, come on, it's, the water's fine, right? <laughs> right? Some of you are thinking, you really have this relationship with God? And I go, well, I'm not there yet. I'm just aware of the reality that God desires that for us. Um, and we're, in, we're in it together. That's what we're pursuing, that intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. So that was um, verse 14, uh, 26 of, of chapter 14. If we jump down to chapter 15, Holy Spirit wants to be our encourager. How many of you would need encouragement from time to time? Yeah. So verse 26, and I will send you. This is Jesus. I'm going to send you. He says it all these over and over and over. I will send you the divine encourager is how the uh, Passion Translation says. I love that. I kind of stole that 
the divine encourager, from the very presence of my Father, and he will come to you, the Spirit of truth emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. Well, that's the one that actually is about Jesus high and lifted up. That's the other translation, right? Or he's going to lift up Jesus. So he's an encourager, but he's also a worshiper. <laughs> he likes to worship with us. He wants to encourage us. To, to encourage means to give courage. That's really what it means. That's, that's the hidden message of encouragement, to give courage. So if you're discouraged, what do you need? Courage. Who's the one who gives it? Holy Spirit in us. Now, Holy Spirit also is in other people. This is where it gets exciting as followers of Christ because sometimes I need somebody else to speak to me and Holy Spirit is going, yeah, I hear what they're saying. That's me. I'm talking to you. That's me. Listen, right? And so then I'm being, receiving courage from somebody else and Holy Spirit is going, yes, yes, yes. That's true, right? Be encouraged. That's why it's important for us to be giving out what God's put in us and also receiving from others what he's saying, right? Let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid. Encouragement. Um, He wants to be a gift to us. I love this. Um, Probably some of my favorite um, portions of Scripture are when Holy Spirit, now he comes in power, right? Everything I've said so far has been internal, relational, stuff we receive from him. Then it's cool because in Acts we see, so Jesus sets it up that way. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come on you and you will be seized with power. You'll be endued with power. So you see, you see there's not only this desire for intimate relationship with us, but he, he desires to baptize us, right? To fill us to overflowing and to endue us with power. Um, I'm going to be brave. Um, how many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues? You've experienced God's presence and power. Yeah, good. And then for those of you that are not, there's not shame in that, but I encourage you, there's something beautiful in that. And it doesn't have to be strange, weird, or huge and loud. It can be. Some people receive Holy Spirit baptism in a loud environment. When I, I received Holy Spirit baptism when I was six. Did I say this last time I preached? Maybe I didn't. But I'm going to refresh it because for me, it was important to have a, an understanding that the Holy Spirit desires to baptize. Actually, Jesus desires to baptize us with his spirit because Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And when I was six, I was in a small room and to just snapshot that, uh, it was quiet, intimate. We were praying and I felt God's presence come over me and I spoke in other tongues. I didn't even really understand it fully at that time. The, the goal was not the tongues. The goal was not for me to go, hey, everybody, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. The goal of God was to endue me with power. Right? The purpose. That's not the goal either. This is a, another thing that I was thinking about. I have a lot to say. I just don't have a lot of time, do I? <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about was for a lot of, of, of my uh, younger adult years, my mindset when I was I'm encouraging people, and this was in me. This was not because of anybody outside of me. But I had this idea that the goal was to get people saved and then to get them baptized in the Holy Spirit and then whew, we did it, right? I mean, it was, it was kind of like that was how I felt internally. I don't know where that came from because that really isn't God's heart. God's heart is salvation is like the 
beginning. <laughs> it's the very first thing. It's like revelation of, ooh, God's love, and I'm saved, I'm his child. And then Holy Spirit baptism was like, hey, guys, wait till this happens. That's the starting point. You're going to now go forward from there, right? And so there's been kind of like this awakening to that. And if you, if you haven't accepted Christ or said, I want to follow Jesus, you still can. I invite you to do that online. I invite you to do that. Jesus loves you. Gave his life for you, for all of us. And if you've been afraid of baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, I want to take all the fear away. It was never intended to be that way. In fact, the disciples didn't even know what they were getting into. They did not know. When Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, it's going to be 50 days after I rose from the dead. 50 days, right? Go to Jerusalem, wait there. I've got a gift that's coming for you. A gift. Who doesn't want a gift? So what if we viewed the Holy Spirit baptism in that way? It's a gift of God. Who doesn't want a gift? Holy Spirit wants to be a gift. The Father's gift to us. Jesus actually used those words, the Father's gift. And it wasn't just power so we can be strong. But yeah, we need to be strong in the world. We need to be strong. We are standing on the rock. We're standing in victory. We need to, to acknowledge that. Um, but he also empowered us so that we could be his witnesses. He actually anoints us so we can have authority, if you will. I'm going to use that term. That kind of is our language, the authority to speak about what we've seen and heard. For them, they actually saw Jesus die. They saw him rose from the dead. Um, they saw him ascend to heaven. We didn't with our eyes, but we have their testimony that we carry. We carry that testimony, and the power of God's Spirit in us gives it weight when we talk about it, when we talk about Him. And the other thing is each of us have our own story in that journey. So now we're coupling my experience with God, what He's done in me, and I'm able to speak it forth in the power and the authority of our seed. No, this is all about Him in me. That's what gives it weight. I can't convince you. If we could convince people, there'd be a whole lot more followers of Jesus, right? That's the point. We need him to do it. Even today, I was pretty nervous again to speak, just so you know. I was nervous. No, it's nervous. But then I remembered this that I'm preaching. It's God's word. It's his authority. It's his power. It's his truth, not mine. And we're just vessels of his kingdom order. Declaring it is true. This is the way he said it is. And I love that about Jesus. He's very clear, right? There's no surprise. It's not, a, it's, it's not this hard mystery. So anyway, Holy Spirit baptizes us. Woo! He wants to, he loves to do that. It's a gift. He wants to launch us as witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Santa Rosa and Sonoma County in California and to the deepest parts of the earth, right? That's my paraphrase of Acts 1.8. Okay, they were in Jerusalem, Judea, right? So on and so forth. He also wants to flow through us to perform miracles and greater things. I want to remind us of this. We, in this house, I love it. We say it a lot, um, and I appreciate that because the Holy Spirit is in us so that we'll participate in releasing the kingdom of God in signs, wonders, miracles, and even greater things. And again, those are words of Jesus. He says... I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same miracles that I do. 
even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my Father. That's his heart and his desire to partner with us. Woo, there's a lot of reasons why Jesus wanted to send his Holy Spirit to interact with us, to have a relationship with us, to empower us to live out loud with his kingdom. Um, he also wants that intimacy to connect in a partnership that's not just, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm walking with you now. No, I'm not. You know, this, this kind of come and go thing. Um, and I, I'm picking this up from a, a, a verse that Jesus said right after he said, greater miracles you'll do, greater things you'll do. The next verse Jesus says, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. And, and, and so, so get this thought. Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to fill you. You'll do these great things. And when you ask, you'll receive. There's this partnership that is an amazing treasure that we have that we have permission with the Holy Spirit to ask for things. What are you asking? Some of you, it's on that board, right? What are you asking? Maybe we aren't asking, so then scripture would say you don't have because you don't ask when you, but then when you do ask, you're asking selfishly. So if, you, if we're walking in this partnership with Holy Spirit, it won't be a selfish ask. It won't be, right? So let's not be afraid of asking. Let's ask. And you know what? And I think we have a father that even sometimes when we ask that is what I want, he can handle that. I know, I know when my kids ask me for things, um, I, I do everything I can. We do everything we can to bless them in that way. We do. That's, and I'm only a natural father. Think about our heavenly father, right? All right. So, <laughs> there's a lot. There's more uh, things the Holy Spirit does for another time. That's enough for today. Hopefully that encouraged your heart a little bit, reminded some things into, oh, that we're gonna <laughs> I love this. I was waiting for someone to ask. So, I'm so glad the whole, I'll tell you in a minute. That's so great. You thought I forgot about it. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit lives in us. Are you? Um, I want to I I encourage you to tell them. Talk to him about that. Um, so lately, I'm going to wrap this up with a few of my thoughts. Um, lately, I've been learning. I've been I've been learning how the Holy Spirit interacts with me. Um, and again, I I want to invite you into that journey with Him, in your own journey. And some of you have never ever really even thought about interacting with the Holy Spirit. So I I want to say it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Don't be afraid. He's in us to interact with us. All the time. I could have preached, you know, when you're doing something bad, he's there. <laughs> you better behave. But no, I want, you to, I want you to capture this. He's in us to be with us all the time. Yeah, I'm going to let that be. God, the Holy Spirit will do the rest of that. There's freedom in that. So recently, um, I've been on this journey, specific, going, okay, God, I want to, Holy Spirit, I want to learn 
interacting with you, and I've been calling it my adventure with God. It's been an adventure. Um, and, and I'll do my best to just describe a few thoughts, uh, because sometimes words for me are hard to express that, that interaction, because I'm more of a, um, imp- I, I get impressions from the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't hear like this, um, you know, this description all the time. Sometimes I get a picture, sometimes it's a, sometimes it is an internal still small voice, right? So, it's a learning process of how you interact with God. Some people actually see like boards and they have words. That's cool, right? And I encourage you to continue in that way. Um, or even ask the Lord to speak to you in those kinds of ways, right? Some people are avid dreamers, right? Um, continue to ask God to speak to you in dreams. This is biblical, right? He wants to communicate to us um, in real time, real life time. He's doing it right now. He's speaking to hearts in this room, even from what's already been said. And I love that about him, because you probably won't remember this message. I mean, I, I was talking to, uh, uh, was it Daniel, or no, it was Elijah this morning. How many messages have you heard in your lifetime? This is a sidebar. A lot of them, right? Can you remember them all? <laughs> no, but you'll remember a piece here, a word there, and that's the point of hearing the word of God, so it begins to continually work in our lives, right? So you, you probably won't remember all of this, but I pray that you'll remember something that God's quickened in your heart. So recently, um, in my journey with the adventure of the Holy Spirit, walking with him, um, I, I experienced God. I was, I was in a place where I was sharing my disappointment with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was sharing it, and for the first time in my life, I recognized the Holy Spirit kind of come beside me and put his arm around me. That's the best way I could describe it. And what was, Im- what was impactful to me was my, most of my journey as a really, I, I'm, a, I'm a lover of Jesus, right? I've, since I was a little boy, I just love Jesus. And it's, I've been marked in that way. And, I, and I, I'm not ashamed of that. I, I love him. But I've, most of my interaction with him has been like face-to-face, more like this posture, which has been wonderful. It's not bad, but it was the first time that I was sharing, okay, Daniel, it's your fault to share our disappointments with Jesus. So I did, and I was sitting there, <laughs> and I actually was saying, okay, this is, I don't understand this. I feel, I feel disappointed. And so I, I didn't hear him say, here's the answer. This is the reason. I just felt him like somebody come alongside me and put his arm around me. And that was it. And that's what I needed in that moment. That, so I'm just describing something that I, again, I'm not going to write a book on that or, you know, preach this that everybody has to. That's not my point. My point is the Holy Spirit is in us and wants to interact with us, even in our pain. Um, as, as we've been going through the day, um, he's, he's been pointing things out to me, and I've been wanting to hear, right? He's been pointing things out. And then I'll, and then I'll, I'll see that situation, that beautiful sun, whatever it is, I'll see it, and then I feel like he's, what do you think about that, R.C.? And I'll talk about what I think about it, and we'll have this, begin this, this interaction around what I'm seeing, right? So that, that's something that has been very helpful for me. Um, often, my response to him is based on things that I've been taught, or I think I think, <laughs> Right? And then he'll say, <laughs> is that really true about me? Is that true about my kingdom? Is that true about my character? Is that true of my word, 
right? And so that's been a really good, a good process for me. And we will always find confirmation. That's a good word. Confirmation of whether we're hearing something from the Lord or not, because it will be true in his word. If it doesn't line up with God's word, then it's your, your mind or some other voice, okay? So I don't, again, I don't have time to explore hearing the voice of God today. We don't have time. I, we have a lot to talk about, don't we? Um, another time. But, but really, the word of God is our plumb line, right? Okay. Uh, as we've gone, he's showing me how he looks at people. This is a little more challenging because I look at people a certain way. So do you. We look at people a certain way. And he's reminding me that he always sees people through the finished work of the cross and longs for them to know who they are. Even if they're not there now. He believes in our destiny. He wants people set free. He wants to stir hope. Right? Um, That's easy when I see somebody that's struggling or acknowledging that, but when someone is in my face, it's a little harder to see. <laughs> it's so funny. He, uh, he recently showed me a chessboard. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was on the jog, and I was thinking about him, and he, I, was, I saw this chessboard, and so I thought I would bring one this morning, and of course, my thought is, what are you, what are you showing me? Yes, God, I'm, I'm the pawn. You can have your way in my life, move me, use me, spend me, right? That was my initial response. And it was almost like he was playing a game with me because he said, you're absolutely wrong. That's not my intention at all with you. He said, I don't want to control you like a pawn on a chessboard. That's not my heart at all. Um, In fact, I, I I want that to be out of your mind and the chessboard in that way is not at all what I'm thinking. He goes, I'd like to play the game with you. I'd like to interact with you. I'd like to enjoy the things that you enjoy. The game. It was that simple. I was wrong. He was right. And then he said, I'd love to play chess on, with you on your side. <laughs> He's not a chess master. Sometimes we think it'd be easier, though, God. Just move me around, wait, and then we wait forever, right? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that God doesn't honor, and he, in fact, he was like, I love that you feel that way. I love that you're willing to do whatever, you, but, but I'm not going to control your life. I want you to do it with me, together. Right? So he enjoys doing everything with us. That's, that's for somebody here today, everything, every, all the time. And when, when I face challenges and hard things he's been helping me to be aware of his presence in the midst of those hard things um, and even occasionally in those places he asks if I can help can I can I help I'd love to help sometimes I ignore him I'm just saying sometimes I do um, I don't want to I don't want to ignore him anymore He's even, he's even helped me with some physical exercise. So for some of us, that's a reality. He can help with your physical exercise. Um, he's made it really clear that it's not him doing it. 
He's doing it with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's been, uh, I said this earlier, he's been walking with me in some of my emotional pain and my disappointments. Um, and he loves to point out how he views his creation and where we live and remind us of his redemptive purpose for this land, for this city. That's a bigger room. But if, if we continue to lean into the Holy Spirit, it goes from just me and what I, in my life I see, and I start looking outward, and I start seeing other people. And then I start seeing my wife and my family and my kids through his redemptive purpose. I start seeing our city through the redemptive lens of what God's intention is. And then that's where we have the privilege to partner with in prayer, partner with in action, partner with in community. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is the impetus in us. Individually, but corporately. Boy, oh boy. Corporately, Holy Spirit in us. Woo! Unstoppable. Again, not for our glory, but for His. In fact, the word power is actually dunamis, dynamite, you know? Kaboom! Power to, to explode. And it's life-giving power, right? It's life-giving power. That's the kingdom is all life. There's no death in the kingdom, right? There is no death in the kingdom. And again, I'm rattling some people. We die physically. Our bodies will die, but we get a new one, and we live forever. Again, that's what marked the disciples. They, be, they went around telling people, we live forever, right? Some of them lost their lives saying that. But it's true because they saw Jesus raised from the dead. They saw him in his new glorified body. We will have a new glorified body one day. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. That's something that's supposed to give us hope, right? Hope, right? All right. Um, the Holy Spirit loves us. Don't forget, he loves us, and he wants to be a part of every moment in our lives. My question today is, will you go on the adventure with him? Yeah. Let's stand together. Um, and as we're contemplating whatever the Lord has spoken to your heart this morning, um, we'll have the, uh, the prayer team will come up at the end. And here's my invitation if you don't know Jesus, don't leave today in this place not knowing him, okay? That would be my starting point. If you desired to experience the gift of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I invite you to come to one of our prayers, and they'll pray with you. Again, there's not pressure on this. I didn't spend a whole lot of time there. There's not pressure when you're prayed for. It's you in a space of saying, God, I want all that you have. Holy Spirit, fill me, overflow in my life. And if it happens in this moment, that's great. If it doesn't, don't stop asking. I know people that have received Holy Spirit baptism in the middle of the night while they were sleeping. They woke up baptized in the Holy Spirit. But there was a posture in their heart wanting God, right? It was an invitation that they had placed. God, I want you, right? That's where we start. We ask, we ask, we ask, right? Um, maybe today you just feel like you need some prayer and you want Holy Spirit to be center in your life again. You want, you want that intimate space with God to be the, your, your reason, your song, your focus, your Jesus on the water, right? Because when he is, you can walk on water. 
right? You have the ability to go through things, right, that are impossible. So maybe today that's your, your you need that. So I want to invite you at that, when they come to do that. Um, but I also just want to bless you today with the reality of remembering who you are, what he's done for us, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ because of what he's done in the Holy Spirit dwells and lives in us. So let's just pray for a minute. Close our eyes. God, we thank you. We thank you (laughs) that this day commemorates you pouring yourself out so that we could live with you and you could live in us. We thank you that this was the launch of your great plan, the church. We thank you that we are a part of that. We thank you, God, that your desire to be with us is actually outweighs our desire to be with you most of the time. Continue to bring revelation to our hearts and to our minds of who you are in us. Prayer team, will you come? And I just want to invite you, if you want to have hands-on prayer, that they'll be here at the end of the service. Um, one more thing, let's think here. I uh, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I break off any lies associated with that that have captured people in this room to believe they've got to do something to earn righteousness. So right now in Jesus' name, I declare that we are righteous because of what you've done enemy. You have no power, no authority. We break off every lie that comes from you in Jesus' name. And we release truth that righteousness comes from Christ, not my goodness, not my behavior. Righteousness comes from you and we live from that place. Bring that shift, God, to your people. And right now I expose the lie that says that I'm not good enough for the Holy Spirit to really want to partner with me and be my friend. Cancel that lie in Jesus' name. That your heart beats to have relationship with people. Starting now and forever. And we just say, yes, God, to friendship with you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. So... I'm going to say amen, but I would ask that if people are wanting prayer, um, and they, you're free to come up here and receive prayer. And if, as they do, let's just be sensitive to whatever God's doing. Um, I love you. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.